Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. It is great to be with you today. We normally do this on a weekly basis. We are actually a tech company that loves to help churches. That's one of the reasons we do this podcast. What do we actually do very quickly, Steve? We provide live streaming, mobile apps, church management, and uh, websites. And uh, we are involved in our churches, been involved in our churches most of our adult lives mm-hmm. in all sorts of different things, leadership capacities and uh, and maybe not so much leadership capacities. We love helping the local church. And so it's great to have everybody with us today. And today we have a very special guest and his name would be Kevin Purcell. Kevin Purcell is with us today. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, we're doing well. Doing great. I just lost. Uh, there we go. I'm looking. I'm looking for your bio here. I want to tell people uh, all the great things you do, uh, Kevin. You are a senior pastor, and you're based out of a town of Valdez, North Carolina. Uh, but you also do a lot of tech stuff. You have a uh, a, uh, a podcast yourself that you do called Theotech. Tell us a little bit about why. Why is the name of the thing called Theotech? Well, I was just kind of a I don't know, I guess a catchy name that we could come up with and also get a domain name of. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's Theo being God is the, the root word there. And then tech, uh, you know, T-E-K instead of C-H. Uh, yeah. We just decided to do that for creativity, I suppose. There you go. And it's, uh, you know, theotech.com is our website. And we just talk about uh, various things related to church. Because of the makeup of the the hosts, most of us are Bible software gurus. In fact, we have two uh, employees of different Bible software, uh, Cordance Bible software, and then also Olive Tree Bible software. And so for that reason, that ends up being about half of what we talk about. But then the other half is just general technology as it relates to being in ministry and church. And so we have a good time. Do it every Tuesday night, and it usually comes out. In fact, I just published last night's uh, addition to our website today. So if you went to theotech.com, you'd see that. Theotech.com. And you also you also have a website, kevinpurcell.org. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. it's really the same website. It, it, you know, both go to the same spot. Um, and uh, I don't do a whole lot more than post the show notes to Theotech on, you know, that website. Yeah. Used to be I'd put a lot more stuff uh, on my uh, my site, but I use more social network for just personal stuff these days, like Twitter, I'm K.A. Purcell, and then uh, that's kind of where I put just my opinions and <laughs> links to things I find interesting and that kind of thing. And you've got some education behind you. You actually have a doctorate of ministry in preaching from a Gordon Cornwell Theology Seminar. You've also got a master's from Southeastern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. you got your Bachelor of Arts from uh, Georgetown College, and so you are very much involved in, uh, you're very, very well schooled, I guess. But how did you get, okay, so, so this stuff I'm looking at here, I just read all your, your accolades here, but you, you have a real bent, obviously, towards tech. And how did you get into really, you know, going from being a, a pastor uh, to really moving into more of the tech area? Well, I, I guess I'd say I came at it naturally. My father, um, 
taught electronics at uh, a small technical college, Milwaukee area technical college where I grew up. And, um, you know, he was always into computers, bought our first computer when I was, uh, I don't know, like 11 years old or 12 years old back in the early 80s. And, uh, you know, so we always had that stuff around. And then my father-in-law was also very interested in it. And he gave me my first computer when I was uh, uh, engaged to his daughter, uh, my wife now, Barb. And so uh, I, when, it, when he gave me that first computer, it was an old compact IBM PC compatible and uh, that just, I just kind of took off from there. I got interested, and then um, I jumped into the you know writing about technology with uh, the old Christian Computing magazine that's now no longer in existence. Um, yeah. We, we know a, uh, the editor in chief very well, Steve Hewitt. Yeah, Steve Hewitt. Uh, I, I was a, a just a subscriber and um, just wrote him a, a letter saying, "Hey, I like your magazine, but I wish you had more." you know, Bible software stuff in here and a little bit more advanced stuff. And he said, well, good. Why don't you write it? And I thought, well, I can't write. I don't know anything about. You <laughs> it know. sounds he just said, like him. Good. S- send me something. And so that's how I got into writing about it. Um, and then from there, I started writing for a, a couple of mobile, secular mobile sites called gottabemobile.com and notebooks.com. And, and uh, more recently, I'm writing for Church Tech Today now that uh, – Christian Computing Magazine was bought out by Outreach, and and I just decided to part ways with them after that happened. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right, so let's talk a little bit about our subject today, uh, Bible software, Bible software. So tell us, um, I mean, there's, you know, years ago, there wasn't a whole lot out there, but now there's lots of different Bible software programs out there, lots of things happening. Uh, I tend to think of Life Church. Dot TV with uh, their deal. What's their call? It's called. Uh, that didn't really count, right? That, I, I mean, don't know. these we're talking about different. We're talking the real study Bible tools, right? That's what we're getting into. Is that what we're getting into, Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> and you, as a former pastor and current pastor, should, should know that. Should know that, right? <laughs> Me yeah, well. for. Uh, is that what we're talking about today? Are we talking about you know the the really heavy duty uh, get into the word and. All the cross references and different translations and all of that. Well, yeah, I mean, we can do both. I, I, I think there's, you know, there's really kind of two different. I, I think of it as Bible study software, and then Bible reader software. Right. Yeah. So, and so, so the, the Life the Church Go ahead. side is more on the mobile, you know, yeah. where whereas there are great Bible study apps, you know, but uh, and then when you're talking about using your desktop or your laptop or Something like that. It's it's more. I think that more is where people like me who are doing, you know, sermon prep or scholars right. who are you know working on a doctoral dissertation, they would get into more of the hardcore Bible study software. All right. So let's jump into that. I remember getting one many, many, many moons ago. It came on a you know a, a disc, and I had to load it up. Took forever to load the thing. I can't even remember the name of it right now. Uh, but it was probably well over ten years ago. Uh, so let's talk about that. What's your? Uh, what are the ones out there? And give us some feedback on on what you like. Well, just just to you know, put some perspective. My very first Bible study program was called Quick Verse, and it came on a stack of five and a quarter inch floppy disks. <laughs> you didn't even install it on the computer. It ran from those disks. So if you search for the word God, it would 
first ask you to insert the first disc, <laughs> find all the hits. <laughs> then it would ask you to insert the second disc and find all the hits. But we've come a long way from that. And now there's some pretty incredibly advanced um, stuff that's going out there. It's more than just reading and, and searching for words. There's um, probably the biggest names in Bible software. It's kind of gotten smaller here in the last few years. But I would say number one would be uh, Logos Bible Software, owned by a company they recently rebranded to Faith Life, F-A-I-T-H-L-I-F-E.com. But Logos, um, they've been around forever and uh, have some of the most advanced uh, tools for, for studying the Bible. Uh, Accordance Bible Software, you know, as in we're all in one accord, Accordance. And um, if you go to Accordance Bible, I think is their website. Dot com, And they are also a pretty advanced uh, tool for, you know, the hardcore studying. Uh, but, you know, both of those can also be used for simple stuff as well. In fact, uh, one thing I love about software today is if you just put in your passage, it'll go and, and sort of grab everything out of your library, whether it's commentaries, Bible books. It'll even search, you know, other book, kinds of books, dictionaries, um Word studies, I mean, everything, and then it'll throw it there in front of you to quickly access. But, you know, those are two of the big ones. And then there's a third one, I think, um, slightly below those two is called Bible Works. And the only reason I put that below it, it's a little cheaper, but it's also um, more of a original language study tool. They don't they don't spend a lot of time creating commentaries and and uh, other kinds of books. It's mostly about getting at the Hebrew and the Greek and that kind of thing. And all of these will run on both Windows and Mac. However, Bible Works is more of a, a Windows program that runs in emulation on a Mac. If you know, if you ever heard of Wine, um, which is an emulation program that lets you run uh, Windows stuff on a Mac or on, you know, uh, um, uh, Linux or something like that. And then, of course, Word Search is the fourth biggie out there. And uh, Word Search is a little bit more like a uh, uh, a book reader. It's not as advanced as the others, but it still has a huge library of stuff. They're owned by um, Lifeway, you know, the Southern Baptist publishing arm. And so because of that, they've got a lot of content. Um, and then I put sort of down the list, you know, there's a few others. Uh, uh, Olive Tree Bible Software is more of a mobile company. They focus more on mobile, but they've got some pretty good uh, desktop software or, or laptop software as well. So and they're opened by owned by HarperCollins now, and their Christian publishing arm of HarperCollins has a huge library, and they connect with Zondervan. Zondervan's got a huge library of books. So, um, so that's kind of the main players out there. <clears throat> All right. So as you're, uh, I'm kind of trying to get to. We've got uh, you know some pastors that are listening to this, and they may or may not be using this you know Bible software already. What's a typical use case, you know, let's say, and, and I'm, I mean, Phil across the table for me has preached many a sermon. I have never taken the, the podium here, so I'm a little... At, well, back at in it. the old days, I, I had books scattered all across my kitchen table. This is the 70s and 80s. Yeah, so <laughs> so let's say, you know, I'm a pastor and I've got a, I'm, I'm teaching next weekend, or I'm teaching every weekend. What... Um, and I've got a topic in mind. Maybe we're going through a series on marriage or something like that. Um, 
how, how would I use some of this study Bible software to, I assume the primary use is to enhance my message so I know exactly what I'm talking about as I preach, right? Well, yeah, that's, that's number one is, you know, doing Bible study, studying passages of Scripture or so- searching for content related to your topic if you're more of a topical preacher. You know, there's in, in preaching, you know, I, you'd mentioned my uh, education in preaching. There, there's, there's two sort of schools of thought on preaching. One is to be an expositor, which you focus mainly on a single passage, and right. you might bring in other passages, but you're focused mainly on that. And then there's the topical side, which is, I'm, like you said, I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to preach on uh, legalism. And so you're kind of jumping around for a few different verses. Either way, you can use this software to search for content about it. But when you do find a passage, whether it's in a topical or in an expository message, you're going to want to get to know what that passage means. And so, you know, kind of the workflow that I use and that I think most um, good preaching is done using this kind of a workflow is you want to do an inductive study of the Bible to begin with. And so you're, you're looking at it either in the English or if you're really good with the Greek and Hebrew, you'll look at it in the Greek and Hebrew. Just kind of come up with what are you finding there. Most Bible programs, the good ones anyway, have what's called a notes feature. And so you can, you know, uh, record your observances right there in the software. And then later on, those notes become searchable. So you can find them if you uh, came up with some great quote from a commentary or uh, another book or something like that. You can find that stuff later on. And then you're going to go from there to doing, you know, probably like word studies. So you'll, uh, a lot of these are, are Strong's based. And so uh, a word will be tagged with a, a Strong's code. And that Strong's code will then link to a whole series of Hebrew and Greek um, lexicons and dictionaries so that you can find out what they mean. You can search the Bible with these codes, uh, the Strong's tags. You know, for example, if you're studying, uh, you know, John 3.16 has the word perish in it. And you want to say, well, where else is the word perish used? Then you can really quickly right click on that in most of these Bible software and tell it to search the whole Bible for the same Greek word uh, that is translated perish. And so you can see it, how it's used in other passages. And if you do that before you actually go to the, the commentaries, then what you're doing is you're finding you're discovering on your own instead of discovering through the eyes and heart of another uh, interpreter. And then what I do is after that, then I go to the commentaries, the Bible dictionaries that are all connected to those verses. And then I just kind of confirm what I've learned from my own research and study. Um, And, you know, sometimes you get new observations that maybe you didn't make or didn't find. And then you kind of collect all that. I collect all that in my notes uh, that I, I attach a note to a Bible verse and um, and then I just kind of read through that. Another thing you want to do is probably read through your translation multiple times. Um, you know, I know some people out there are King James only Christians who, you know, I'm not one of those. Uh, but um, well, look, if it so was just, good enough for Peter, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll go through and, and read it in multiple translations. One of the cool things, one of the cool features of uh, Lagos Bible software is they have this tool that lets you see visually how different a verse is using what they call the verb river. And what it does is just it, each, each translation has a color. And then um, the parts that have the wider, it, 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 it's hard to explain. It looks like a ribbon across your screen. 
And if the ribbon gets wider, that means the translations translated that word into a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. If the ribbon is narrower, it means they all agreed it should be translated this way. And what that does for you is you read your translations and you see that, oh, that word's, there's, they're all over the map. You know, there's a ton of different ways that it's translated. What that tells you is that word is something you're going to want to pay careful attention to because it may not always mean what this translation says it means. You know, you might disagree and think it means something else. And so that's a visual way that you can get at that. And uh, so, that's a, a pretty cool feature of Logos. And, and uh, uh, some of the others have similar kinds of things, but that's just that Logos is the one I actually use the most. It's not because it's the best. It's just because I've invested more money over the years in books for my Logos yeah. library. So I have all of them because, you know, in my when I was writing for Christian Reading Magazine, I would get uh, comped copies of all of them to review them. And so, uh, you know, I have all of them and use all of them on occasion, but that's just the one I use the most because I put more of my own money into it. <laughs> so along those lines, there's, and you know, these different um, Bible software tools out there. Is there characteristics of either you know, pastors or people out there that, that would make one more suitable to somebody than another? Or just is there trends out there where... You know, it's kind of like the uh, the the more artistic people and musical oriented people get Macs instead of PCs. Is there any distinctions between you know, how, how can you help somebody choose what might be the best Bible software for them? Yeah, I think that I think there are. Uh, first of all, you know, we're really moving into the mobile uh, realm, whereas you know before almost everybody who did serious Bible study was doing it on a computer, either a laptop or a desktop. Well, I know guys, plenty of people who use their iPad Pro for 99% of their Bible study. And so if you're one of those kinds of people, you're going to want to find uh, a program that has both a good desktop app and a good mobile app. And if I was recommending them, I would put Olive Tree. If you're a, a Mac and iOS guy, I'd say Accordance, although they promised they're coming out with an Android version. Um, Olive Tree has... You know, they're, they're, most of their money is put into their mobile apps, but they have a decent desktop app. But um, Word Search has, doesn't have a very good mobile app. And so if you're one of those, you'd probably steer clear of Word Search. BibleWorks doesn't make a mobile app. And so you'd want to steer clear of BibleWorks if you're a, a mobile first or a mobile often kind of person. Um, and so that's why I would, I would look at Accordance and Olive Tree and Logos as the three. If you're really into the mobile realm, those are the ones that I would, would go for. If you're really Android, it's just uh, Logos and Olive Tree right now because it, Accordance doesn't have their Android out. Do you yeah, ever? But if you're iOS, all three of them are, are very good. Do you ever take your tablet or computer up to the to the pulpit when you're preaching? You know, oh, I do that every week. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, but I don't use my Bible software during that time. I I write. I, I write my outline and my, the text of my sermon or my Bible studies. I write them in Microsoft Word, um, usually on a computer. And then, you know, Office 365 has a great, uh, uses OneDrive for syncing. And you can quickly open these up on a tablet. So I bring my, I have an iPad Pro. And that's what I bring into the pulpit with me. I'm, you know, 47 years old and my eyes aren't what they used to be. So <laughs> that allows me to make the text nice and big. Plus, it saves me paper. I used to print all my sermon outlines, uh, but I don't 
print hardly anything anymore because it's that's most of what I printed with sermon and Bible study outlines. And uh, now I just bring the the tablet in. But, you know, with iOS, they have the, the side-by-side screen where you can show both. And so when I do need to open a Bible, I can just swipe to the side, tap the Bible icon, pop it up, and I can I can open it. So I can do that. At the, and then also, you know, you Keynote and, and PowerPoint have very good mobile apps. And so if you're ever having to control your own uh, visuals, you can do that. Yeah, uh, I, you were talking earlier about, you know, your, your workflow of – uh, or we were talking about that, and you said you asked me if if the Bible software is mostly for just studying the Bible. But another thing it's good for it's becoming more popular. Uh, these companies are putting a lot of visuals into their software that you can then present. And I know some people who they have their Bible app open, and that's what they're showing on the screen all the time. And uh, they're tapping things and showing maps, or you know they'll even put pictures, and you can even get videos. Uh, illustration videos in some of this software now. I don't personally do that. I, I put things in, in um, worship software. We use Media Shout at our church. And so I either put JPEG images or MP4 files in Media Shout to, to display. But uh, uh, but you can get a lot of that stuff out of this software. There's a lot of great visual imagery um, in, in, in most of these. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And, and obviously we're talking, when we're talking about these Bible softwares, I mean, these are all things you have access to online, right? I mean, you you don't have to load stuff on your hard drive anymore, correct? Yes and no. Mostly, for, for the good stuff, I mostly no still, unfortunately. Um, there, are, there are websites that you can use um, for simple Bible study. You know, there's things like Bible Gateway has a great website. Um, you know, there's a few others out there. I've got, if, if you go to uh, kevinpurcell.org and search for online studies, then I've got, I actually did a three post series about four or five years ago. And most of the links that I have in those articles are still very valid as the best online Bible study. And I had video demos of each one of them. Um, so there's a lot of great stuff online, but it's mostly just searching the Bible, reading the Bible, and then maybe showing some mostly public domain commentaries and, and things like that, uh, Bible dictionaries and stuff like that. To get at, uh, to, to you know, I talked about uh, word search not being that great on the mobile side. The interesting thing is they have an excellent um, website. Um, if you go to, uh, let me see if I can find the name of it for you real quick. It's uh my word search Bible, it's mywsb.com. And if you already have a, have word search, you can log in with your word search account and your whole library or most of it anyway will show up in there. Hmm. I think they have the best online site for uh, using, you know, doing Bible study in your web browser. Hmm. I think um, Logos does the second best job, but you have to be a subscriber to a service called Logos Now. Um, or what's the other one that they have? Uh, I could find it for you. It's not that hard to find, but you have to be a subscriber and it costs at least like $10 a month to use the really good one. Now they have a free version called, um, Biblios or Biblia, B-I-B-L-I-A.com, you know, that you can use if you're a, a Logos customer. Um, but I just, you know, I have a Chromebook that I use sometimes, 
And until they recently started putting Android apps on Chromebooks, um, I just I knew if I was going to do some real serious Bible study for my sermon prep, I wasn't going to bring my Chromebook because these online sites just aren't good enough yet yeah. for the the work I'm going to do. Now, maybe if you're a Sunday school teacher, you know, and, and you're not doing some serious um, uh, word studies or that sort of thing. Yeah, you probably could do fine with these websites. Okay. But for a pastor or definitely for a scholar who's you know, working on a doctoral dissertation or you're a teacher at a seminary, you're not going to want to use these online sites. Got it. They're just not good enough yet. So, so Kevin, the, the big question here for a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, is, man, this stuff sounds great, but how much does it cost? Well, that's a great question because <clears throat> it depends on where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, to get a basic collection of useful stuff. When I say useful, I'm talking about more than just King James Version with the uh, uh, Strong's Concordance and Matthew Henry Commentary. You know, I mean, public domain stuff. You're probably going to want to spend at least a couple hundred bucks up to, you can spend, literally, you can buy a collection at Lagos or at uh, Accordance that cost you $20,000. <laughs> now, no one's going to do that. Not very many, unless they got more money than cents. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I bought my first Lagos collection uh, when I was a student at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary as a graduation gift to myself. It was $1,000 regularly, and I bought it for $500 on a student discount. And that got me a pretty serious log- uh, theological library at that time. And so, uh, but, you know, of course, I was treating myself because I was about ready to get my doctorate. <laughs> you know, right. that's the thing you, you don't maybe want to do. But, but uh, you can get a free book reader from Olive Tree and then just add books as you need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, Olive Tree is probably one of the better mobile apps. You can get free apps from any of these on your iPad or your Android device and then download the free book reader for your desktop. And again, you know, you might get the ESV and, um, you know, a few public domain books like King James Version and stuff like that. And then just try it out. See which one you like. See which one feels like it's more your style. Right. And then go from there. Right. If you're just reading the Bible, you mentioned Life Church's Bible app. Mm-hmm. That's what I get. If you're just reading the Bible and that's all you really want to do is read and search the Bible, maybe post some pretty pictures of a verse or something like that on Facebook. That's the one I pick for, for the average user. Good deal. All right. So we're running out of time, unfortunately, Kevin. This is uh, this has been excellent. I don't think we've done a podcast on this before. Uh, the website for Kevin is Kevin Purcell, and you spell that obviously K-E-V-I-N-P-U-R-C-E-L-L.org. Uh, is Theotech got its own domain? Theotech.com is a, okay. a separate domain, but it points to the same site. So. Right, Theotech.com, T H E O T E K.com. Lots of good stuff on there. You talk a lot about, you talk not just about Bible software. I, I see you talk about some cameras and some streaming, and you got a lot of good stuff on there. We need to have you back on to talk to you more about this stuff. Yeah, I'd love to do that. We, we, uh, I've, I've covered uh, worship software quite a bit in at churchtechtoday.com. Yeah. You know, that's another site I write for. I don't own that one, but I just work with uh, Lauren Hunter, yeah, yeah, the publisher Lauren. over there. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, so I've covered a lot of that. And then because I write for two mobile sites, I, you know, I cover a lot of uh, laptop and phone and tablet hardware. Uh, I used to do mostly reviews for those sites. Now I'm doing more 
help and how to kinds of articles over there. Yeah. I don't write as much there as I used to, but, uh, yeah. but you know, our guys on, we have five of us that, uh, who, who work together on Theotech. Um, and you know, they're all just geeks. And so they like anything that most of them are Apple geeks and I'm sort of the, the windows guy of the group. And so, <laughs> sorry <laughs> so to hear we, that. You know, sorry. We, whenever sorry. Apple comes out with new stuff, they're all <laughs> chomping at the bit to talk about it. I was surprised they didn't want to talk about the new iPads last night, but, um, <laughs> You know, when whenever Microsoft comes out with new stuff, they're like, yawn, and I'm wanting to talk about that. But uh, anyway, so we have a good time. But, but yeah, we cover all kinds of stuff. Oh, good deal. All right. Well, we're out of time, Kevin, and uh, we, we just well, get out of here. But, uh, again, uh, if you want to get a hold of Kevin, just go to kevinpurcell.org. That's probably a good way to get a hold of him. And you can ask him all sorts of questions, and uh, he will give you the answers very well versed in that stuff. So, uh, Kevin, thank you again so much for being with us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, glad to do so. And uh, the guy across the table from me is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. And again, we thank you for listening to us. If you want to get a hold of us, just go to support at streamingchurch.tv. Love to get your feedback. And we'll catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care. Take care.